Begin tonight with a developing story. General Motors in Fort Wayne is shutting down production again on Monday. Workers just returned to the plant floor this week. Now they've been notified that only some employees will need to report to work August 9th through the 14th. Regular production should resume August 16th. A spokesperson for GM blames the computer chip shortage, which has filled up parking lots across Allen County with nearly complete cars just missing that chip. As we've previously reported, GM paused production last week for the same reason. We'll have more on this story tonight at 11. When they do go back to work, those workers will be required to mask up until further notice. A task force that includes representatives from UAW and General Motors tell us they made the decision based on recommendations by the CDC to require masks in indoor spaces regardless of vaccination status. Tonight, our focus is on schools deciding whether or not to follow that new CDC guidance. I don't think we could make a decision that would make any one person completely happy, let alone all of them happy. This, this idea that you have a right to, to show up to school without a mask, you don't have any right to show up without a mask anymore. They have a right to show up without pants on. Recommended or required? Strong opinions on both sides here when it comes to school board decisions on masking up when class resumes. Cases of COVID-19 are surging here in the Hoosier State right now. The latest numbers from the state show 1,610 new cases and 13 new deaths. We haven't seen case numbers this high since mid-April. And then there are Allen County's numbers right here. Two more people died and 114 people tested positive in the county. For some perspective, a month and a half ago, we were seeing daily case totals like that for the entire state. The county's total deaths have surpassed 700. And it's the decisions of the four school districts in Allen County whether to require masks that we're watching very closely for you this week. Thanks for choosing us at 6. I'm Brian McElhatt. And I'm Christy Miller. East Allen's school board is not expected to address or change the decision to make mask wearing optional for students. But as Corinne Rose explains, the issue will come up with Southwest leaders tonight. We realize that this is an evolving situation and that uh, at many times this year, our plan is going to need to change. Southwest Allen County School Board President Brad Mills says Superintendent Park Ginder will give a report at tonight's board meeting about the latest COVID-19 data. That report will reportedly also explain why wording in the district's return to classroom plan has changed from having masks optional in schools to having them recommended to align with the CDC's latest guidance. The goal is to do the right things for the kids and the community um, so that we get the best educational outcome. Health is obviously uh, a part of that. Mental health is obviously a part of that. If they're claiming that this kid's safety is their number one priority, uh, then prove it. <laughs> Southwest Allen parent of two, Sean Woldridge, questions why after more than a year of requiring masks in class, the district isn't requiring them now when the highly contagious Delta variant is spreading so quickly. Change one word, uh, change it from recommended to required. That way we'll have the backing of the school board and people will be under some obligation uh, to work together to protect not only my kids, but other kids, whether they're vulnerable or not. It's the right thing to do. But he acknowledges that there are many parents on the no mask side of the debate, something the board president says has been a fine line to walk. I've had parents on each side of the issue, um, you know, people crying, and they, they absolutely believe wholeheartedly um, in, in, you know, 
that we should be wearing masks and that we shouldn't be wearing masks each, on each side. And uh, uh, people believe in their heart um, that, they're, that they're right. Mills says if a board member wants to propose requiring masks for students, that could happen tonight. Superintendent Ginder is expected to update the board every month on the COVID situation. Corinne Rose, ABC 21. And the school board meeting for East Allen County Schools begins tonight at 6.30. The meeting for Southwest Allen County Schools begins at 7. A one week into their school year, an Indiana school district has quarantined more than 100 students who were exposed to COVID-19. Anderson School District, like Allen County's four districts, had a mask optional policy in place since beginning classes last Wednesday. And the district has quarantined six classrooms in four different schools since then, all of the affected students are in elementary or middle school. While quarantining, students will still need to take virtual learning courses. It's not ideal, but we want to make sure we're, we're taking an abundance of care and, and moving as quickly as possible to ensure that we're not, you know, it, it, contributing to, this, to the spread. District officials learned about the first positive case on Friday. Then five more classrooms had to go into quarantine on Monday. An online automotive research resource, Edmunds, that watches used car prices, says April through June, prices in the U.S. for pre-owned vehicles were higher than the company had ever seen before. Wow. Is there some light at the end of the tunnel for people eager to get maybe a different set of wheels? Jeff Newmeyer's live from a car lot on East State Boulevard with more on what's creating this market we're seeing right now, Jeff. Yeah, Brian, Chris, you know, there's some indication a little cool down in prices might be coming. But in some cases, uh, sales prices are still tough for a lot of customers to take. Jay Leonard, the owner of Preferred Auto, believes prices at his stores in northeast Indiana are up between 12 and 16 percent over 2020. But Edmonds numbers put the average price increase at 21% nationwide in the second quarter. According to IC Cars, an online automotive search engine, used car sales prices in June up 37% in Fort Wayne over the same time period last year. New vehicle production has been cut by the uh, big automakers because of that maddening semiconductor chip shortage, increasing demand for pre-owned cars and trucks, and that, of course, doesn't help with used car pricing. We happened on to a family from nearby Warren, Indiana today, trying to find a used compact car for a daughter needing reliable transportation. First things first, find something she can afford. What are you finding? Uh, not a lot. Um, it's for our daughter who's heading to college. So it's, it's a tough market out there for her price range. And we're finding probably about around 5,000 higher than what we thought we would be looking at, somewhere in that price range. How hard is that? Very hard because she's she's a college student and working part time. I think 37 percent is high. Uh, I haven't seen that kind of an increase, at least in the cars that I'm buying. Yes, there's been an increase. There's no doubt about it. Everybody's scrambling to get everything that they can get right now. So and, and I'm lucky enough that I'm not sitting in an auction with my hand up having to pay those high prices because of the relationships that we have. I've been able to buy cars uh, away from the auction, which saves us thousands. Now looking for some reassuring news here. New car inventory is expected to rebound with the chip shortage tailing off over the next six months maybe. If that happens, that could move more uh, buyers back to new vehicles and take some heat off used car prices. But Brian and Chris, until that day, be prepared during visits to uh, your friendly new or used car dealer to at times get a little dose of sticker shock. It really nobody would have to say is at fault here and hopefully 
This is just temporary. Back to you guys. <laughs> Everything is getting more expensive. We've been talking about it for weeks now, Jeff. Hopefully it ends soon. Thank you. Tyson food workers in Indiana, Ohio, and everywhere else will soon be required to have a COVID-19 vaccine. The company made that announcement today and said the policy will take effect once it meets with unions representing its employees. It would apply at the local Tyson Foods plant in Portland unless a worker qualifies for exemption. The plant produces tortillas, chips, and other Mexican foods for distribution to restaurants. Tyson says office workers must be fully vaccinated by October 1st, plant line employees one month later. Each will receive a one-time $200 thank you for doing their part. The U.S. just reached a major vaccine goal this week, 70% of adults have at least one COVID-19 shot. And hospitals are once, once more filling up as COVID-19 tears through states with more unvaccinated people. The Southeast has been hit the hardest, but Florida's governor is doubling down against mandates nonetheless, as his state leads the nation in new cases. New York City's taking a different approach. They're requiring proof of vaccination to enter many public spaces. In Louisiana, the state's largest hospital ran out of beds and their patients are getting younger. Now we're seeing 40 to 60 kids a week um, diagnosed with COVID-19 in the emergency department and admitting more and more of those. This is the absolute worst that we've seen. The spike in cases is prompting more people to get vaccinated, we're told. The White House says daily vaccination rates have more than doubled in those hardest hit states. A new development in a year-old case out of Bloomington tonight, where a black man claims he was the victim of an attempted lynching. This week, a special prosecutor filed charges against that alleged victim, Vox Booker, for the same incident. Booker held a news conference alongside his lawyer, where he declared, quote, there is nothing more American than charging a black man in his own attempted lynching. Two of the men seen in a video, Sean Purdy and Jerry Cox, faced felony charges. Book's attorney says the prosecutor filed the misdemeanor trespassing charge against Book's uh, despite having presented no new evidence since last July. Booker alleges this is retribution from the prosecutor for him refusing a mediated resolution that would have dropped the charges against Purdy and Cox. How many people have had to, to be silent and have had to uh, sit down and not stand up for the rights? I, I don't care if she wants to, to drag me back to the hanging tree herself. I am not going to back down from this. I'm not going to just let these folks go on about their life like they didn't victimize me, like the crime didn't impact an entire community. I'm going to stand up for myself. After an argument about being on private property got heated, Booker claims his attackers pinned his body against a tree, pounded on his head, and ripped out some of his hair, yelling, quote, get a noose. Let's talk about those low temperatures, low to mid 50s. It was kind of chilly in Portland, 50 degrees, very close to the 40s there. Our average low temperature in August is typically about 65 degrees. So well beyond, or I should say under the mark there. Uh, current conditions, partly to mostly sunny skies with temperatures right around 80 degrees. We actually got to 80 for a high temperature today. Uh, so we were able to at least uh, gain a couple degrees on yesterday's temperature.
Tomorrow will be very similar. We'll have another couple degrees to work with as well. We're seeing a west-northwest wind at 5 miles per hour. Humidity's low, 38%. Feels pretty comfortable with temperatures in the upper 70s to low 80s pretty much everywhere across the Midwest. The 24-hour temperature change, though, shows that temperatures are about 2 to 5 degrees warmer than this time yesterday. Just another sign that things are warming up. And storm track shows some cumulus clouds moving south and east throughout northeast Indiana and northwest Ohio this, after, uh, this evening. Certainly nothing to be concerned about. We are seeing a few showers and thunderstorms across central Michigan. Those will not survive their journey uh, south and eastward into the area. So we're just expecting partly to mostly clear conditions overnight tonight and then back to some sunshine tomorrow. I expect those cumulus clouds to return tomorrow afternoon, as they often do in the summer, uh, so I wouldn't necessarily plan on a totally clear blue sky from start to finish, but it is going to be dry. And then mostly sunny skies throughout the day Thursday with that chance for, again, a few clouds in the afternoon. Look at these temperatures, though. Into the mid to upper 50s tomorrow morning. So another cool one, possibly about 3 to 5 degrees warmer than this morning. Tomorrow afternoon, temperatures will be in the low to mid 80s, a little closer to where they should be, and then a little warmer than normal, likely Thursday afternoon with temperatures back into the mid-80s. And the future track temperature difference here shows, you can see this light red indicates about uh, 1 to 5 degrees above normal. We're going to be getting there by the end of the week, but watch how the color increases a little bit. The shade of red gets a little darker heading into Saturday and Sunday. This indicates temperatures being about 5 to perhaps as much as 10 degrees above normal. That might be pushing it, the 10 degrees, but certainly we're within this range of seeing temperatures in the mid to upper 80s by the weekend and possibly getting closer to the 90s by the end of the weekend and into early next week. As I mentioned earlier, we didn't reach 90 once in July, not one time. But this time around in August, I think it's very likely. In fact, we can see 90s through September and even into early October, so the chances are still there. I think they're highest, though, by the end of the weekend with high temperatures near 90, and then into early next week with temperatures at or maybe even a little above the 90-degree mark with some scattered showers and thunderstorms, too.